girl. Hey, girl. Hey. What you doing? Oh, girl. It's so fucking hot. Uh, mm, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. It is. We're not starting school uh, uh, till September. Yeah. Because yeah. the uh, COVID. Yeah. Everybody's getting Where your mess. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're in a festive mood today. Indeed. You want to Huzzah. Huzzah. <laughs> you know why we're in a festive mood? Because it's murder day. It's murder day and it's your birthday. Girl. It's my birthday. Mm. Mm. I'm an old bitch. Go. It's your Go. birthday. Uh. Uh. <laughs> I'm so excited for you, gal. You lived a whole nother year. I know, girl. Thank God. Yeah, please don't get murdered so that we can keep recording this podcast. I know. I'll, I will try my best not to, but if we're going to be honest, um, man, I just attract a lot of creepy people. You do. No promises. Yeah. I hold you to anything, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll try my best, though. Scouts Anna. <laughs> and I Girl did the. Scouts Anna? I did the, uh, the Star Wars. Live long and prosper. Or Star Trek. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. Oh, man. Star I'm going to go set myself on fire. Live long and prosper. <laughs> I'm really ashamed because I was named after that, and you don't even know the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek. I know the difference. I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy Star Wars and Star Trek. I am a... Um, passenger sci-fi fan as we all know jordan is like obsessed with sci-fi yeah so i watch a lot of sci-fi um secondhand but then get interested in it and end up watching it firsthand anyway so yeah but you know i mean he watches a lot of odd shit and he doesn't appreciate my movie suggestions so he doesn't no he really he's doesn't. not a fan of the slow burn thriller mm. Well, I'm not a fan of The Lighthouse. There, I said it. <laughs> oh, no. Listen, if anybody is listening to this and is thinking of watching The Lighthouse by Robert, or, you know, with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Don't do it. It's a piece of um, shit. art. <laughs> it's shit art. It's like, definitely, whenever you tell art students, you're like, I want you to make art. And then they like, and they draw like know, a circle in the middle of the canvas, and they're like, "This represents unity of life and all of time." And you're like, "Yeah, I was wow. thinking, I was thinking more like they video themselves like cracking eggs on each other's heads, and they're like, oh yeah, wow, this represents Birth. our failures, <laughs> you know." Yeah, Birth, so if you're into that, please watch the lighthouse. There's also a lot of like jacking off. Yeah, a lot of masturbation and um, it's gross. There's, you know, somebody turns into a big sea king. I don't know. It, it, there's there's also a really a violent vagina, part with a seabird. If anybody's interested. Yeah. Anyway, we're not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> disclaimer: We're not paid to, <laughs> pro- oh, to no. promo these lighthouse <laughs> movies. <laughs> um, gladly because they're probably going to sue us because we're talking about how awful it is. Anyway. Oh well. They can sue me all they want if they find anything. Let me know. To be fair, Jordan did not like it. Hmm. He just liked the end. (laughs) When Robert Pattinson loses his shit. (laughs) But you goddamn fights. 
you farts, you goddamn farts. Yes, and that is a line in the movie, so. <laughs> now we can say it and everybody will know what we're talking about. You farts. You goddamn yes. farts. Okay. Well. I'm ready for some murder. I'm tired of talking about the lighthouse. I am ready for some murder. I'm, oh my God, wait. Somebody knocked on my door. Hold on. Oh, okay. Gal, I'm going to kill you. What? They are gorgeous. They are so beautiful. Girl. Did you get some flowers? Oh my God, yes, from you. Look how pretty in this little <laughs> box. Oh Didn't my God. Flowers. Oh my God. That lady was like, happy birthday, girl. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, you guys are going to sit here and do this podcast with me. Yes, happy birthday. Oh my God. Girl. I can't believe that you got your flowers while we were on our podcast. How- <laughs> Perfect. I was like, who sent these? I opened it and I was like, this snake. <laughs> I did not, ex- I totally did not have them like lined up to come right now. That was like just serendipitous timing. You and your goddamn thoughts. <laughs> I was like, did I hear you say that you wanted to hear about? And you were like, wait, someone's knocking on my door. Yeah, Brandon. Uh, I was like, Brandon sent me flowers. He literally hasn't done that since before he even got me pregnant. So chivalry. <laughs> Dead. So did I hear you say you wanted to talk about murder? You did, girl. Murder. Oh my gosh. Well, girl. what a coincidence because I have a story for you. Oh my God, girl, I'm ready. So, this is the story of 20 year old Matthew Heikala. Oh God. Have you heard this one? No. But okay. I'm nervous because his name is kind of giving me the willies. It is a really creepy story. Um, oh God. Okay. Matthew Heikala was the adopted son of Dr. Richard and Don Heikala who were two beloved members of their Bernard's Township community in New Jersey. Ooh, did they have money? They did. Oh. They did have money. Yes, Normally because... when they say that about people, they have money. Like for me, they'd be like, she was a nice gal that lived down the street. Like they would no, never be like, No, they'd be like, community. she was an active member in Junior League and wrote lots mm. of letters and did lots of fundraisers. For me, they'd be like, uh, she never came out of her house. <laughs> We don't know what she looks like. <laughs> oh, is that her? Oh, my God. Look at her. She died? Wow. Oh, my God. Stop. I didn't even know there was a woman living in that house. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, I need a job. Oh, my God. So they actually did have money because Dr. Heikla was a super respected member of the research community, and he was working on researching Parkinson's disease. Oh, okay. Yeah. And his mother, Dawn, was a realtor who was really successful, but also super involved in her children's lives. So Mm. let me start by telling you a little bit about Matthew. And again, I said that he is the adopted son of... adopted. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's the adopted son of Dr. Um, Richard and Dawn. Heikla, but they also have another son whose name is Josh. Okay. So we'll talk a little bit about him later. So first we're going to start with Matthew, and I'm going to call him like Matthew and Matt throughout the episode. Matt was adopted by the Heiklas in the early 70s after they had attempted to have children of their own, but they were unsuccessful for quite a few years. Oh, okay. So is he the oldest? Yes, he's the oldest. Okay. And then they had a son. They had Josh. 
Yes, they had okay. trash. So some reports say that Matthew was around six months old, around the time of his adoption, mm -hmm. and they were overjoyed to have a little boy, and even more exciting, as Matthew's adoption was being finalized, Dawn discovered that she was pregnant. Oh, okay. So it was a really happy accident. So yeah. she later gave birth to another son, Matthew's brother, who they named Joshua. Okay. Yes. So the two boys were their only children, and... They were both complete opposites from each other. Mm. Um, Josh was a very bright student. He was very well behaved. He was kind of on the path of the straight and narrow, whereas mm. Matt really acted out a lot more. Mm. Um, and he seemed to be really jealous and told everyone that his mom and dad loved Josh more than him because he was their biological kid. I was about to say, this sounds like, this sounds like a very familiar story, but I also think that it's also a Lifetime movie. Uh, there probably is a Lifetime movie made about it. I think that there have been a ton of adaptations about it. Mm -hmm. um, and especially as far as sources go, I watched an episode that they had on the ID channel about it. So at the yeah. end, I'll kind of tell you where I got my sources. And if people want to check those out too, they can. Okay. I'll just say the acting was not very good in the ID Ooh. show, but <laughs> it was still pretty informative. Is it ever? <laughs> <laughs> no, which is like part of the charm. So, yeah. Anyway, the fact that they loved Josh more was really not true because they kind of spent more time focusing on Matt because he was really difficult and mm -hmm. he was probably acting out because he felt like he wasn't getting the same attention in his mind, whether that was true or not. So, right. Yeah. He acted out a lot. And, most reports state that he, at the very least, expressed, felt that he was treated differently because he was adopted and Joshua was the biological son. So he said this, like, out loud multiple times. Okay. Yeah. And Matt was in trouble from a really young age and got in trouble a lot for being a bully. Like, he was just a huge dick. You know that kid that everybody hates because he's just so awful? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and apparently nobody really liked him, like, at his school or in their community, and he was just one of those kids that stayed in trouble with his teachers and, you know, with the office, but because his family was so nice and, mm -hmm. like, a staple in the community, they kind of accepted him and, like, swept some of his behavior under the rug. Of course they, they did, like, girl. Yeah, because they were like, oh, you know, this is Dr. Heiko's son, let's... Yeah, you know, that's like, that's something that happens often. Quite often. So weird. Mm -hmm. White privilege. Yeah, almost um, like a pattern. My God. <laughs> it's like a pattern. White male serial killers. Anyway, <laughs> um, so the police officers in their town at the time were actually pretty familiar with him because he had been in and out of the station a lot <laughs> for minor acts of delinquency. Mm -hmm. And his parents seemed really concerned about this but they were always there to kind of like pick up the pieces and right they were really really supportive oh well I mean then that kind of like counteracts this whole delusion of you know them not loving him oh absolutely like they I mean they obviously weren't supportive of like the bad things well, that he no. was doing but they <laughs> no. were really supportive and like trying to get him on the right track you right. know like yeah because they, they, loved, they him. loved him a lot yeah. yeah he was like very cherished because like I said they couldn't have a kid and then whenever they like found out that they were able to adopt Matt they like he just filled this hole in their heart and so they really really loved him yeah 
Um, so his parents actually tried multiple times to get him to go to counseling himself, but he was really volatile with it. And he was supposedly convinced that they wanted to lock him away in an insane asylum so that they could finally just be a family, like their parents and their biological son, Josh, the three of them. Oh, man. Yeah, so this was what he thought they were trying to send him to therapy for. And I mean, I'll say this. He was adopted at, you said, uh, some reports say six months old. So it's not like he had some sort of, like, traumatic experience in foster care anything that he would remember probably you know so like what where is this coming from is this just who he is yeah I guess he was just very mentally disturbed about a lot of things and his you know identity kind of was created around the fact that like he he wasn't biological he always had someone else to blame for pretty Mm -hmm. much everything that he did After high school, he was still living with his parents and he was having trouble kind of like keeping a job and was dabbling in drugs. I'm Mm -hmm. shocked. Absolutely. And he was going through some really low points. And meanwhile, his brother, Josh, had been accepted to college Mm -hmm. and was moving out and was going on to do all these successful things. And obviously, their parents were really proud of him, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. So there were a lot of like tumultuous undercurrents going, like running through this family and especially for what had seemed like most of Matt's life, but it was kind of like culminating at a point here. Right. But it sounds like a lot of it was to his blame. Oh yeah. He was totally like all of this was being made up in his mind. Like everybody said that the Heikolos were like this super loving family and that they spent so much time and attention on Matt and that they really, really loved him and tried everything they could to, you know, like make sure that he had the best life possible. Right. So let's talk about some of Matthew's shenanigans, shall we? Okay. So he had apparently broken into a neighbor's house. Oh, He had also stolen some credit cards from his father and rang up some huge bills. Okay. Um, He flipped the car his parents had bought for him and incurred numerous traffic charges. But he always was like, he always claimed that he was innocent and was kind of whiny. Like, oh my God, I can't believe this. I was about to say, he sounds like a complete brat. He is. He's like, I can't believe this. I can't believe you. I keep getting blamed for everything. Oh, my God. Honey, you broke into someone's house and you flipped a car. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Who who did it? Little shit. My (laughs) God. Who do you blame now? It was Lucifer. (laughs) So he was also officially arrested on drug charges. And in 1987, he was accused of impersonating a police officer in handcuffing a person in a mall. Okay, wow. To me, that would send warning signs. Like, hello. Excuse me, sir. Yeah, like, at that point. We don't do that here. Yeah, like, excuse me, sir, what is happening? Like, at that point, you don't, like, calmly, like, or kindly ask somebody to go to therapy. You send them to fucking therapy. Yeah, especially since he was, like, arrested at this time, and he's acting like a police officer and handcuffing people, like, Oh, if we've learned anything. Shit happens. Kids are, I was bad as hell. I really was. Yeah. And like. But you never like dressed up like a police officer or impersonated a police officer. Oh my God. But I'm saying like, you know, like kids are bad. They're going to do shit, you know. But like I probably after like the third 
time you're rested or maybe even the second, I don't know, maybe it's time to like, you know, reconvene and try to like figure out, you know, what's the, what's the root? Yeah. What's the root? How can we fix this? Apparently yeah. what we've been doing isn't working. So right. let's try something else. So yeah. with all of that behind us, let's just go ahead and skip forward to January 29th, oh. 1991. Okay. A good year. A wonderful year. It's the videotape killer has not yet started his reign of terror. He is not. I will be born in about eight months, and uh, <laughs> everything is great. So, yeah. <laughs> it's the best year ever. So, Matthew had picked up his girlfriend of about two months, Ooh. and her name was Marta Morales. And he picked her up to take her out for a very special and expensive dinner for her. Mm -hmm birthday oh okay Ooh, girl this is appropriate i didn't even realize that so although matt was into like a lot of sketchy shit he was reportedly super charismatic you I know he was the whole tall dark and handsome bit mm -hmm. and i mean how else was he getting away with so much of this stuff that he did you know uh right and marta was really young she was very sweet and smart she had been going to college on scholarships that she received, and she was the daughter of a really hardworking immigrant woman. So, oh, okay. She was this like really industrious young woman of yeah. about 19 or 20. I think that this was her 20th birthday, so she was 19 turning 20. Aww. And she really just liked all of the attention that she got from Matt. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, and there had reportedly been some red flags that had shown up before. Mm. And some that I think would be helpful to point out to any gals that are listening right now who may not know what to look for in a relationship. Let me just tell you, our friend Jody actually touched on abusive relationships in her last episode of the Mental Health Podcast. Yeah. And it was I great. I think that was really enlightening. So about a week before Marta's birthday, she had gone on a trip out of the country with some friends. And I think it may have been a school trip or something. Mm -hmm. And he was constantly accusing her when she came back of cheating on him. Yeah. Constantly. Mm -mm. The paranoia and the blaming. Mm -hmm. The blaming and the paranoia. If somebody is constantly accusing you of cheating on them, it's not good. So right. he was very controlling, very manipulative, and he took a lot of pleasure in reminding her that he was the holder of her V-card. <gasps> Yes. That's rude. So he had Excuse me. taken her virginity and he kept holding that over her head. Like, you don't want to leave me. I'm the first guy you ever slept with. So um, you want to leave him. Yes. This is not good. No. <laughs> Ladies, if you sleep with a guy for the first time and he uses this as emotional bait against you. He's fucked up and run. you want to leave him. Absolutely. And people only accuse you of cheating because they're either A, jealous or... Or, or be they're cheating. insecure. Or they're cheating. See. Or because they're getting away with it themselves and cheating, so they're guilty and they think that you must be too. Yeah. So. And honey, speaking of, let me just tell you, don't let no man be snatching up your phone to look through it, honey. Mm -mm. No, you got really upset about power, but <laughs> I was watching it last night and I was like, oh, that man just snatched up his girlfriend's phone. Uh-uh. Mm -mm. Privacy is so important. If you don't trust anybody, like. In, yeah. in a relationship. If there is no trust, there is no love. You have nothing. You know, there are plenty of fish in the sea, girl. You leave that man, and you find you a good one who's going to rub your feet at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah, I mean, don't be letting nobody go through your phone. No, that's your personal space. 
Right. And anybody who does go through your phone and try to see what you're doing and who you're talking to. They don't trust you. Mm-hmm. They can't be trusted and they're a mm-hmm. piece of shit. Absolutely. End rant. <laughs> anyway, if you have any questions, send us an email. We'll let you know whether or not you should leave your boyfriend. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he took her to dinner at a five-star restaurant in Uh-oh. New York City. Chili's? No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> the two for 25? Our uh, southern roots are coming out five-star chilies. Ooh, wow. No, girl. It was the Olive Garden. Come on. Quit playing. Oh, shit. Well, color <laughs> me surprised. Let me get my high heels. I know. And he pulled out all the stops. I saw some sources say that he had taken her to the restaurant that was on top of the World Trade Center. Ooh. So it was super nice, but I don't have any concrete evidence of that. But that's just, like, an idea of, like, how nice the restaurant was. Right. right. Yeah. And he made it really special for her. Um, And then after that, they drove back home to his house. And it was like a 45-minute drive from New York City to his New Jersey home. Right. Okay. Around 11 p.m., Matthew Mm -hmm. and Marta arrived back at Matthew's house after dinner. And he said that he had a surprise for her inside of the house. Oh, God. That makes me nervous. Like why didn't you I know you're getting surprise? nervous about surprises anyway. <laughs> I don't like surprises. I do not like whenever Okay, y'all. Scotty just sent me flowers. Scotty and Jordan, her husband, sent me flowers for my birthday. And somebody knocked on the door when in the middle of doing the podcast and I'm like, oh, somebody's here. Oh my God. And when I opened somebody's up, I looked at that me. lady like so skeptically. She was like, Happy birthday. I was like, mm-hmm, thanks. <laughs> what do you want? Get out of here. What do you want? <laughs> Who are these from? Who sent you? <laughs> Are these yeah. laced with anthrax? <laughs> I just don't like surprises. I like to know what's coming. So, Well, that's why I didn't even tell you, like, hey, there's a surprise coming for you on your birthday. I ordered those, like, five days ago. And I would have been sitting outside, like. I know. That's why I was like, don't even say anything because you're going to give her such bad anxiety. She's going to call me in the middle of the night and be like, I Where don't know they? what the surprise is. <laughs> Where are they? Tell me. So this would have been, like, on the. Top of the list for weird surprises for you. Yeah. Would have been really, really freaked out if somebody said this. Uh, yeah, I probably would have shit right there and there. Yeah, like, oh, God. <laughs> so, and, you know, your reaction would have been correct because... Oh, no. <laughs> laying on the floor in an upstairs bedroom was his mother's dead body. <gasps> his mom? His mom. That was his surprise? the fuck his mom's dead body was her surprise yeah wow on the floor earlier that day before picking marta up for their date he had brutally shot his mother from close range with a shotgun in the head (gasps) oh my god she probably was unrecognizable yeah absolutely and also in the house was his father's body similarly killed by a fatal shotgun wound and he was shot while coming up from the basement stairs what the fuck okay did he have a silencer do you know like how did nobody hear this and report it well it was actually in the middle of the day Mm -hmm. so he called his mom to come home from work and his dad had been home in the middle of the day too so what i'm assuming is that a lot of people were at work at the time and nobody heard it because there was no silencer. It was like a sawed-off shotgun. 
Oh my god, that shit's loud. Yeah, it is. I mean, like, I'm from the country, and, like, we used to shoot shotguns on a farm, and that shit is loud. Yeah, and from the pictures, it's, like, it's a pretty large house with, like, a big yard. You know, the, the houses are, like, kind of spaced apart. But, again, this it was in the middle of the day, like, around noonish. So I think that a lot of people were either at school or at work. You know, nobody was really, like, in their houses. So oh my God. nobody reported anything suspicious. He left their bodies there and then went and picked up Marta for her date. Uh, happy fucking birthday. Excuse me. Happy birthday. Yes. So reports say that he only showed her his mother Dawn, but it's probable that she, you know, most likely saw Richard's body too. And Marta, after seeing these bodies, becomes like immediately frightened and distressed, obviously. Um, Yeah. If she wasn't, (laughs) I'd be a little concerned. Yeah. And here's where some of my sources conflict. So I'm just going to say what makes the most sense to me when I read this. Um, It's either at this point, and some sources say it happened before they even walked into this, into the house, but he puts handcuffs on her. Okay. (gasps) On Marta. Oh no. Okay. And I think it makes sense to me to have put them on after she saw the body so that she wouldn't run away. And like, if he did it before walking in the house, that might seem really suspicious. If somebody's like, hey, I have a surprise for you. And then they handcuff you outside. And I mean, (laughs) she was reportedly like very sweet and innocent, but you know, like those are the ones that sneak up on you. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, yeah, it it makes the most sense that he would do it after probably while she was in shock. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And it wasn't like fuzzy little pink handcuffs outside. Oh, I'm sure like, it hey, wasn't, honey. We're gonna have a fun time in my house for your birthday. It was like, um, you just saw my parents' dead bodies, and so now I'm gonna put some real handcuffs on you. Probably the same ones he used in the mall. I mean, uh, I just want to go out there and say that I do believe that all men are like just fucking tone deaf when it comes to like. <laughs> All things surprises for the most part. They, I mean, like Brandon does a, has learned to do a pretty good job, but like this is like the ultimate, the ultimate tone deaf surprise. <laughs> like, excuse me, um, wh- in what fucking world would anybody be like, oh my god, thank you, happy birthday? Yeah. To me. Oh my gosh, wow, you love me so much. You did this for me. This is so weird. And they had only been dating for two, two months. Two months. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So if your two-month boyfriend walks in, you know, walks you into his house and is like, here's my dead parents. Happy birthday. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, literally. I would isn't have that... just died. <gasps> you probably would have been in shock, and then he'd have been able to put handcuffs on you so you couldn't run away. That's exactly what would have happened. Yeah, because he's a psychopath, literally. Crazy. So, oh, my God. Yeah. He puts one handcuff on her and one handcuff on himself. So he oh, handcuffs no. her to him. To get and together forever. Yeah. we You're going nowhere ever. Ugh. And apparently the birthday surprise, her, quote, present, he reportedly told her was that he was going to kill her too. <gasps> what? Yes. Why would anybody want that for their birthday? <laughs> know you know I feel like maybe Matt doesn't have like the same idea of a birthday as what we do I mean like I'm getting like a very odd sinking feeling that he doesn't you know and that he's probably (laughs) a little different I feel like he belongs in the fucking loony bin he does I mean that's just me the fuck I mean like so okay he's saying his reason for like wanting to kill her is her birthday right happy birthday 
Well, he just said that that's her birthday surprise was that, you know, hey, I killed my parents and your present is that I'm going to kill you too. Side note, Matthew also had another run-in with law enforcement. Before this, he was actually arrested in 1989 for threatening to kill his father with a gun. Oh, Yeah. What did they do? Nothing. So after he... He pointed this gun at his dad, and he told him that he was going to kill him. And after that, he went outside with that gun, and he fired 13 bullets into his parents' unoccupied car. Okay, like, as a threat, he was just like, ah, I'm just going to shoot up your fucking car. I don't know if it was, like, a threat or if maybe he was just so angry. It, like, didn't – he didn't, like, couldn't control what he was doing, and he just ran outside and just started, like, bang, 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 firing into the car. Um, I'm sorry. Why are they having – why do they still have guns around? I have no idea, but they do. They have guns in the house all over the place where he can get to them. He was arrested for making terroristic threats and possession of a weapon. His bail was set at $25,000. And when he was arrested this time, he was examined by two different psychiatrists who concluded that he was indeed insane. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess we can all and- vouch for that. We can all agree on that. And his parents fought really hard to have him returned home instead of having him institutionalized. I guess they thought that he just needed some more love. And, but, you know, as a part of his bail agreement, they, the judge was like, no, this dude has to spend some time getting counseling and in an institution. But he only spent two weeks or so in a mental health clinic. Wow. And when they let him go, they warned his parents that Matthew would most likely kill them if he wasn't locked away. And they literally said this verbatim to the parents, but they refused to listen and they took him home. That's I so mean, sad how though. God. Sad is that? Yes, I know they were such good people. Like they really just wanted to take him home and they were yeah. like, we just need to spend more time with him. We just need to, you know, give him some more love, give him some more attention. And right. But the fact that like he literally kept threatening his parents over and over again and they were just like, We love you. Come home. Yeah, just let us we love can figure you. this What's out okay? with hugs and cookies. No. No. What do you have to show for that? I know. And it's so sad that they like really were so well meaning and such nice people and so yeah. loving and that's like all they wanted to do was good and he was so screwed up in the head. He needs help. You need yeah. to he needs to be locked away yeah, because say he's the a least. psychopath. Yeah. So let's go back to the house, right? He handcuffs Marta. He tells her that she's gonna be next. This obviously freaks her out even more whenever he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna kill you too. So while they're handcuffed together, he continues to accuse her of oh, cheating. Here we in go. This really yes, in this really obsessive manner. And, you know, all the way throughout the night. He continues to do this. She ends up convincing him that she is still in love with him, that she didn't cheat on him, and that, you know, he should keep her alive. Like, she just works really, really hard at saying, like, no, I'm in love with you. I've never done anything like that. I I want – yes, I want to be with you. And she tries to kind of just work out how to stay alive and keep him from acting irrationally, right? So he then decides not to kill her, right? And he forces her to stay the night with him in the house with the bodies while he thinks about what to do. 
Yeah. How scary. That really dude. is. You are handcuffed to a dude who has just murdered his parents and you're sleeping in the house with their bodies. Yeah. I mean, at least he didn't like rape her. He didn't. Um, and there were also – there was no reports of him like saying that he was sexually abused or anything like that. He just said that he felt like he was really jealous because they loved Josh more than so they loved him. Them? So I mean, I'm sorry. So it just them. doesn't make any sense to me, but I don't know. Well, I mean, that's probably because you're not um, – a psychopath a sociopath yeah. yeah so throughout the night he reportedly like floats between sleeping and musing about killing both her and himself and you know while he was asleep marta spent the entire night awake oh, sure. thinking of how she could possibly get out of this i mean like i said how absolutely terrifying yeah. like he wakes up and he's like maybe i'll just kill us both because you know it's not like we're getting out of this and <gasps> I definitely have to kill you because you've seen what I've done or, you know. I would have literally lied my ass off. I would have made up everything under the sun. Absolutely. So the next morning when they wake up, his plan had changed. Okay. He, so imagine your boyfriend's like, oh, well, I just killed my two parents. Now I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to sleep on it and we'll decide in the morning. Oh my god, I would die. I'm sorry. I'm like, I laugh in uncomfortable situations. I'm so uncomfortable right now because I just don't know. Just imagining yourself like in this situation is absolutely terrifying. And she, so he decided that they were both going to leave the country. And some sources say at this time he told Marta that he wanted to run away with her to Jamaica. Okay. Um, after a long day of murder and a long night of you know dinner and birthday surprises with my girlfriend the first place I think of is a sunny beach with tropical fruity drinks like what's wrong with you I mean listen I love Jamaica it's beautiful yeah I'm sure it is but like (laughs) not the place to run to after you kill your parents actually you know just don't run anywhere if you kill someone you need to stay right where you are uh, just leave. Yeah, yeah. You don't like them? Cool. Don't kill your parents. How about, yeah, why didn't you just run away to Jamaica in the first place without killing yeah, them? Like, um, it's not, yeah. Mm-mm. You know, if you were just going to steal your dad's credit cards, just go ahead and take them and then run yeah, away to Jamaica. Just fucking leave and don't go back. But obviously, yeah. Matt was not playing with a full deck oh, here. So. I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that that's obvious. Yeah. So... Unlike what I would have done, because I feel like this whole night I would have been frozen in terror and would have not been able to think of anything at all, Marta had already worked out a plan. So she was so smart, super smart, and a really brave girl, right? She told him that she would love to go to Jamaica, that it's beautiful, and she's so excited about leaving with him. But that she needed to run by her house where she was still living with her mother mm-hmm. first to pick up her passport oh. because she would not be able to leave the country without right. it, yeah. right? Super sound reasoning, very practical. Yeah. Like, I can't fly anywhere with you if I don't have my passport, so you have to run me by my house yeah. so I can go right. get it. He had to let her go and get it, and he agreed to let her go and pack a few things and grab her passport. Mm. Okay. When they got there, though, he did not expect for her mother to be home. Um, oh, and 
her mom was there and she picked up on some really weird vibes and signals that Marta was putting mm-hmm. off because they were both in the house together, right. right? She knew that Marta was supposed to be in class because mm-hmm. she was a college student, again, you know, about 19 right. or 20. So she knew something was off and Marta was visibly upset and super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like a mom's instinct it- is never wrong. Yeah, and, you know, she had been crying. I'm sure her eyes were puffy. She had been and handcuffed. She's like, right. Well, and she had been un- handcuffed at this right, time. Right, but I'm saying, she was like, like yeah, you know, she go if she – I mean, I don't know what kind of clothing she was wearing, but, I mean, you would obviously Oh, yeah, she might have it, marks yeah. all over her wrists. For sure. Matt was not planning on confronting anyone during this time, and he especially was not planning on confronting, you know, her mother. He just wanted to get in and get out right. and – um, you know, so they went in and he told Marta, you know, go get your passport and go pack. Well, this badass four foot eleven mm-hmm. woman, short girls for the got one. up in his face. Mm-hmm. She got up in his face, and she refused to let her daughter back out of the house to leave with Matt, and made him leave. What? She was like, my daughter is not going anywhere with you. She is not getting her passport. She's not packing any clothes. And you're going to get out of my house. What? I'm surprised he didn't have a weapon with him. He didn't. And I think it was because he didn't expect for the mom to be at the house. And, you know, like like I said, this tiny little immigrant woman just comes in and she's like, I don't know who you think you are (laughs) telling my daughter what to do, but you better get to stepping, Mm -hmm. boy. So um, Matt kind of crumbled at this because... Nobody had ever really stood up to him right. before. I was like, about to say. He hadn't ever really yeah. – yeah, his parents weren't like the strong disciplinarian right. type, you know. So when she got up in his face, he crumbled and he left because he was like kind of yeah. scared. <laughs> and obviously Marta's mom had no idea about what had just transpired. She didn't know right. that, you know, he had killed his parents or that he was even capable of that. She just thought – Something this yeah, was some something weird going on and I him. am not here yeah. for it. Yes, my, like no boy's going to tell my daughter yeah. what to do. And you especially ain't leaving the country mm-hmm. with him. Go girl, I'm so proud. So, I know. So Matt left and Marta told her mom everything. <sighs> that he had killed his parents and that he was planning on killing her to cover it up. And now, of course, I'm sure they're both scared that he's going to come back and kill both right. of them too. Because now the mom's like, oh shit, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, I cannot believe I just like told him to get out of my house. And um, Matt then called Martha, Marta and told her not to say a word to anyone, especially not her mother, or else he would kill her whole family and her too. Um, so, of course, she hangs up the phone and she's like, Mom, he just called and said he was yeah. going to kill all of us. <laughs> so, meanwhile, the police were actually arriving at the Heikola residence because Dawn's co-workers were super worried that she didn't show up for mm, work that day, okay. which was strange for her because she was very reliable. Yeah. And they happened upon the scene where they found the body of Dawn Heikola upstairs and Dr. Richard Heikola's body downstairs. Oh, my God. What a mess. Yes. Absolutely. And at the scene outside in the bushes, they found a double-barreled, sawed-off shotgun. And in the house, they found two expended shotgun shells that had each been written on. One of them said mom, (gasps) and the other said mom and dad. What? Oh, that is sick. Yeah. So it was also determined by forensics that the words were written on the shell casings before being fired, which definitely shows premeditation. Um, Absolutely. That is sick. (laughs) 
Yeah, so he took out these shells, literally labeled them for his parents, put them in the shotgun, and killed what them. the fuck? Oh, but no, honey. Absolutely I feel a little not. shocked myself. I, I know, it is. When I read this, it was absolutely shocking. Yeah. Like I had to get myself a glass of wine because I was like, ooh, I'm going to sit down. Yeah, I mean, like, what this the is, fuck? This is so crazy. Just too much. Yeah. Just too much. So the cops are already pretty well acquainted with Matt, yeah. right? <laughs> and they're pretty sure that he had done it because Josh was away at college. And they just didn't know where he was, right? Right. That is until they receive a call from Matt's traumatized girlfriend and her mother telling them everything that had happened. Oh, God. So the police promptly arrive at Marta's house, and they station themselves outside just in case Matt returned. Marta told them everything, and she disclosed that he said to her that he was planning on going to Jamaica. Mm -hmm. So this huge manhunt ensues in both the U.S. and Jamaica looking for Matthew Heikela. Matt had indeed gone to Jamaica, exactly where he had told Marta that he was going. Not super smart. Yeah, but no. <laughs> <laughs> he had been there for a little while, like at least a couple months. And while he was in Jamaica, he rented a scooter and got into a minor traffic accident. No surprise. He's obviously not very good at driving. Yeah, he's not very good at much. <laughs> he's not very good at anything. And the constable recognized him as a guy that the FBI was looking for. Oh, my God. Yes. So he had apparently been living in Jamaica and, like, living it up and enjoying himself. No one suspected that he had done anything. No one had suspected that anything was wrong with him. They said that he was just a happy, normal guy. He didn't kill anybody there? He did not. He was just... Fun, like he was felt like he was free and he was finally living his true authentic oh, life yes, I guess. after murdering your parents nothing uh never felt freer never felt better living my best life living my best life so yeah on february 4th 1991 matthew was captured in jamaica and brought back to new jersey to face charges <sighs> so i guess it wasn't that long so it was only from january 29th to february 4th yeah, but i mean oh no definitely not that long I thought it was way longer. I was thinking it was longer too, but when I look at the dates, it's a very short period of time. But still, like he checked into his hotel and he was like, yeah, hey, what's up? I'm going to get some drinks by the pool, rent myself a scooter and (laughs) explore the island. Excuse me. Yeah. So even at his trial in December of 1992, Matthew's attorney admitted that he was guilty of killing his parents. But the question remained whether or not he was sane. So they're shooting for the insanity defense. So and weird. defense lawyers claimed that Heikela had a history of mental illness yeah. and shot his parents during a psychotic outburst. They claimed that he suffered from something called, quote, adopted child syndrome. Um, he was adopted when he was six months old. Six months old, yes. So I looked up what adopted child syndrome was. Yeah, let's was, hear it. And let's hear about it. It is defined as a controversial term that has been used to explain behaviors in adopted children that are claimed to be related to their adoptive status. Specifically, these include problems in bonding, attachment disorders, lying, stealing, defiance of authority, and acts of violence. I mean, what do you think? Do you think this is a bunch of hooky? 
I think he's insane. <laughs> like, I think that uh, I think that he would have been insane whether he'd have been adopted or not. Yeah, probably. Like, I think he would have found a way to kill somebody for some reason. Yeah. In any situation, this was just really convenient because. I mean, what? Oh. He had been adopted. Yeah, like I mean, like that just sounds like parents. a very like. I don't know. Um, like it's just a very convenient excuse. To be like, yeah, that's why I murdered my parents. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's all excuses. Like, every time that he ever got in trouble for anything, it was always, like, the blame was on something else or somebody else. And to me, it's just, he seems really manipulative and charismatic yeah. in a way to say, like, oh, you know, it's because of other things or for other reasons. So, during his trials, he actually gave various explanations for the reasons he killed mm. his parents. And... He said that his parents favored his brother Joshua, the couple's biological son. Mm -hmm. He also claimed that he killed his parents so that he could get money to celebrate his girlfriend's birthday. What? I'm sure his his parents sound like they would have literally given him the world. Oh, yeah. If he would have just asked them, like, hey, I want to take Marta out on a date somewhere super nice. Could you guys give me some money? Right. Absolutely. They would have given him some money. So he's like, nah. I had to kill them because I needed some money to take her out on a date. Even though whenever I bring her back to my house, I'm going to kill her too. Oh, God. They sent, I mean, I just can't. I feel really bad. I feel so bad yes. for his parents. And then his brother. Now his brother's an orphan because his parents adopted a psychopath. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, you can't tell that you're adopting a psychopath at six months old. Right. Um and but his brother is you know older he's the same age as joshua he's, right. i mean he's the same age as matthew he's away at college but right but still i mean is, like that's super fucked up yeah absolutely he just lost his yeah. parents the somerset county prosecutor nicholas l bissell jr said heikola's statements to the police prosecutors and reporters offered ample evidence that while he was a troubled youth he coldly planned these killings. Um, yeah. And, yeah, in addition to the murder counts, Heikola was charged with the kidnapping of his girlfriend and forcing her to spend the night in the family home with his parents' bodies. Yeah, so that that kidnapping charge also definitely includes, like, psychological torture. Um, I mean, just absolutely horrible, yeah. horrible situation. So the sole defense witness for Matthew was a psychiatrist named Harry Brunt and he testified that Heikola was insane and did not know right from wrong at the time of the killings and he said that Heikola did not receive proper care after being acquitted of threatening his father and his defense attorney Michael Shale is even quoted as saying during his closing argument they didn't treat him when they should have they didn't commit him when they should have and because of that, we have a reoccurrence. So it's their fault they got murdered? That and I don't like know. blaming the victim to me. I know. It sounds like victim blaming to me, too. I didn't I didn't even think about that until I read it out loud. Because, you know, while right. I was researching, obviously I read this book well, quote. Well, it's very but sneaky victim When I said it out loud. Though. It almost sounds like yeah, I'm like, who are you? He's saying that, he, in a sense, he's saying that Matthew was not, you know, like in charge of himself. Even though this was a grown fucking man. But, like, underneath, yeah. he's saying... He's saying that they're responsible. Yeah, they, they should have had them committed. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, when, I guess whenever I was reading this, I thought that he was talking about, like, the police or the state, you know, or the judge should have forced to have had him committed. But it also sounds like he's putting the responsibility on the parents, too. Like, they should have put him 
away. They should have, you know, locked him up. And it's not their fault that they were killed. It's not anybody's no. fault that they get killed. Nobody deserves to be right. killed. But, um, you know, that was, I guess that was their major defense line. So <sighs> Matthew, though, is true to form, starts mailing these letters oh. while he's in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, and after the killings, he says that he, quote, beat an earlier charge of assaulting his father. Oh, okay. And Heikola was found not guilty by reason of insanity of making terrorist threats in that 1990 case when he threatened his father. Terrorist? So you can make your own opinions. Terrorist huh? case? So, I'm sorry. Why was he charged with terrorism whenever he threatened his father? I really don't know. I think we should probably ask Taylor about mm-hmm. that. And maybe I can report back next week about why. Because it seems like he on, like it, it seems like his father was the only person he threatened yeah. it didn't seem like he was threatening a lot of people so um we'll ask our on-call lawyer right. about why is a strange threat so i'm wondering what's happening there yeah and i don't know if maybe that was like a lesser charge or something mm-hmm. than like you know maybe he got off on it but he said you know like in his letter he said that he beat the earlier charge of assault but he was found not guilty by reason of insanity. So right. you can make your own opinions of insanity in that instance. Right. And he like, seems pretty competent to me if he can understand that he beat one charge. And, yeah. And he's saying, oh, I beat that charge. And he might be insane, it doesn't sound like but that doesn't mean that he's insane. not responsible. Well, like reason of insanity means that like someone can't be responsible because they don't well, understand. No, but that's what I'm saying. You know? Like he might be a psychopath, but he definitely understands yeah absolutely he knows what's going on nobody says that they beat a charge if they don't know what they're doing or why they got off on that whatever i am so this dude here something else interesting um after his arrest in february of 1991 matthew began writing these letters while in jail and jurors later admitted that it was these letters that later convinced him that he was both guilty and sane while he committed the crimes so these letters were addressed to various people, including his brother Joshua and his girlfriend Marta. Well, I mean, I guess his ex-girlfriend, yeah. like you said. And some he even mailed to news outlets. And oh, my God. And in a letter to Fox News, <gasps> oh. when referring to Marta, yeah, Matthew stated, quote, I guess the reason I did not kill her was because I did not have any shells left. I would have shot her in the stomach so I could watch her die a slow and painful death. She deserved it. That's what he wrote to the news outlet. I don't know if you can see my face, but I'm just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Absolutely shocked. Like, is that one of the most horrifying things you've ever yeah, heard? Yeah, that, that right there says everything I need to know about this case. Absolutely. And the jurors said the same thing. And he had stated in many of these letters very specific details of the murders and the preparation that he took beforehand <laughs> to get ready for them. And the letters were often riddled with new threats against Marta, Joshua, and even the prosecutor of his what? case. So he's not the smartest dude. No, yeah, ever. absolutely not. So Matthew Heikola was convicted on 12 counts of murder, kidnapping, robbery, and he was being held in the Somerset County Jail without bail. I mean, thank God. If they would have let somebody out like that, like out of jail, I, I always say our justice system is fucked. But I mean, if they would have let him out, I would have said there is no hope. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the Superior Court Judge Michael Embriani said, 
quote, he just took it quietly of Heikala, who was being held um, in jail without bail. And during the sentencing, he lectured him as he delivered the sentence saying, you know, Richard and Don Heikala, quote, showered you with an abundance of love. They wanted you to cease acting like a spoiled child to stop mooching off of their hard-earned money and to start standing on your own two feet as an adult. You showed your appreciation by murdering them. Right. It's fucked up. And absolutely. The penalty phase of the trial began on January 4th when the jury was asked to decide whether Heikla should be sentenced to death. And? And the jury deliberated for less than a day, and his trial ended in December of 1992, and ultimately, he was sentenced to 60 years in prison. And how old was he at the time? 20? 20. Okay. Yeah. So. He'll be 80 when he gets out. I don't understand why he didn't get life, but okay. I mean. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, and so here's a few other, like, side notes about this case that I don't know if they're really related, but they were really interesting, so I had to throw them in there. So in 1994, Judge Embriani from the same case pleaded guilty to embezzling $173,000 from a partner for which he received probation. Oh, And then in 1996, he was found guilty of evading his taxes on the funds that he stole and was sentenced to two months in prison. (laughs) So he stole all that money, and then he didn't pay his taxes on the money he stole. And he died in 2002. Oh. Another interesting side note. In 1996, the prosecutor from this case, Nicholas Bessel Jr., was convicted for taking $146,000 from a gas station that he co-owned. And while awaiting sentencing, apparently he was out on bail He was facing 10 years in jail, but he decided to flee and run away. And as the authorities were coming through the hotel door in Nevada where he was staying, he shot and killed (gasps) himself. Oh, my God. What is wrong with these people? So everyone surrounding this case is just like a full-on shit show. Yeah. New update. Um, After going to jail, Matthew did find his birth parents. Oh. And I guess that was really important to him. I don't know. Um, So he now goes by the name Matthew Eric... De Benebelto. Oh, okay. Which I guess is his birth parents' name, but he, I'm not sure if he legally changed it. He's still obviously known as Matthew Heikola. And he is housed at Sandy Hook Correctional Facility in Kentucky. And he spoke publicly for the first time in 2015 by writing to a newspaper, of course, to express his remorse and apologize for his actions. And in the letter, he did refer to Richard and Dawn as his parents, mm. and he has spent time in prison learning to care for animals and has even earned some certificates in the area. So as of right now, he is still serving his sentence, and he is set to be released in 2052. <sighs> what a ride. Wow. And that is the story of Matthew Heikola and the slaying of his parents. Thank you. Happy birthday to me. What a what a birthday surprise indeed. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> I'm glad that I didn't get you that for your birthday. I didn't handcuff you and tell you I was going to kill you. Thank you. That honestly, that says like true friendship. Yeah, that's worth, you know, a thousand yeah. words. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm glad nobody else is doing that to you either. Although Brandon might have a couple surprises up his sleeve later. Oh, <laughs> hopefully none of them involve murder. Unless you're watching, like, Friday the 13th. Yeah. That's okay. Totally. (sighs) 
Yeah, I'm well, like, mm. <laughs> great. We hope you enjoy the rest of your day after listening to that fun little that fun little recollection. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to post some relevant pictures and sources on our website mm-hmm. at www.galsandgore.com. And we're also going to post those same pictures on Instagram mm-hmm. at galsandgore, all one word. And we also have a Facebook page. You can just search us on Gals and Gore. And please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us because we would really, really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. That's how other people know that we exist. So uh, we do have to say that we have some really cool things coming yeah. up. So we want you to check back in mm-hmm. regularly. Yeah. Um, so we have some new um, fun things that we're excited about getting ready to release. So we can't wait to tell yes. you what all we have planned. Yes, girl. And we love you guys. And we're so glad that you stuck through with another episode. And hopefully we satisfied your need for gore. Yes. Thank you. We'll see you next time. All right, you guys. But just remember... Trust no one. Murder the killer. Go shawty. It's, it's your birthday. birthday. Uh, gonna We're party. gonna party. It's your birthday. Go we are party. by far the whitest people. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah.